Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Hello there, and welcome to The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. And today, we are going to be talking about the Fifth Doctor story, The Visitation, uh, written by uh, written by uh, story ed- current story editor at the time, uh, Eric Sayward. Yes. Yes. Uh, before we do that... I want to remind everybody that we're from MindRobber.net, the home site of MindRobber Productions, where we talk about all of the things on podcasts, like this one, The Doctor's Companion, where we talk about Doctor Who, and our mothership, flagship, every other ship podcast, The Mind Robbers, where we talk about everything else. Uh, and if you like I ship that podcast. Our sh- <laughs> if you like our shows, you should review them. Specifically on iTunes because uh, I don't think people read podcast reviews from anywhere else. And if you have questions, comments, concerns, anything you feel like sharing, you can email those things to podcast at mindrobber.net. And if you want to start a discussion, you can add those to the comments to this episode or the other episode that your comment and or discussion corresponds with. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so everyone can know what you're thinking, uh, and 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 respond accordingly. Um, <laughs> Matt, yes, the visitation. Uh, I imagine that it has some background and significance. What might those things be? Uh, yes, the visitation. It's the fourth story from Peter Davison. For those keeping track at home, and for those not in no remembrance place. Uh, Peter Davison is the doctor that we're doing in order. So you can tell how much Doctor Who we've covered by how much Davison we've done. Um, Basically, it comes out to something like every one Davison story is 5% of all of the Doctor Who that we're covering. So we're like, I guess, 20% of the way through Doctor Who. Um, So we have a ways to go. Um... But uh, the visitation is the fourth Davison story, and it is written by Eric Sayward. It's actually script edited by someone not Sayward, uh, by a dude named oh I can't remember his name because he he the the script editor at this point in time Anthony Anthony Root I'm sorry Anthony Root because there are two guys named Anthony who did script editing one was Anthony Reed and one was Anthony Root so I can't keep them straight um, but Anthony Root oversaw this story and I think he oversaw parts of Kinda, and he oversaw Four to Doomsday. But this was the second story that Davison shot. Um, So he shot Four to Doomsday first, and then they shot this one. And then they shot Kinda, which we talked about last time we talked about Davison. 
and then they shot Cast Revolva, and then they shot the rest of the season in order. Um, but this is the uh, this, so this is like Davidson's second outing, and really, it's it's interesting because it's um, I mean it's it's same word writing, which is which is in in itself fairly rare because the script editor wasn't really allowed to write anything. But it's the only Sayward script that Sayward wrote that didn't feature the Cybermen or the Daleks. Um, cause say we're really ghost wrote, uh, attack of the Cybermen as well. So that makes it kind of an interesting case study. Um, it's, we're still trying to get taken back home, uh, cause Tom Baker whisked her away into the TARDIS and uh, against her witches. So she's trying to get back to Heathrow and the doctor's like trying to get her there. Um, and it's directed by Peter Moffat, who is kind of a, um, He's kind of like a generic Doctor Who director. He doesn't have very much flair, but he's he's very competent, I suppose, is the way that I would describe him. Um, he's also the reason uh, Peter Davison is Peter Davison and not Peter Moffat. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you, Peter Davison, better name than Peter Moffat. Um, true, true. Mm-hmm. But if anybody but yeah, Pe- wondered why his daughter's last name is Moffat, yeah, that's no, because that's his real last name. <laughs> yeah, so, so Peter Moffat had done State of Decay which is uh, all right. Um, he would go on to direct the five doctors in the twin dilemma. <laughs> to give you oh an idea. boy. Yeah. To give you an idea of where that's going. Um, this yeah, is his best story. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did modern undead. I kind of love modern undead. Uh, oh, I haven't pos- gotten to that yet. Oh man. Oh, I modern, will you're going to love that one. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, I think that it's a story like, wasn't this, your first Peter Davison story, technically, when you watched it? Uh, my first Peter Davison story of uh, watching the series again. Or, you okay. know, like, like because it, I think I watched a few when I was a kid. Sure. But I don't, I, I remember, I know one of them was, uh, one of them was, uh, crap, I forget. The the one where, where Adric dies. Earthshock. Earthshock. One of them was Earthshock. Uh, because I remember at the time being confused and thinking that the bridge that they were standing on mm-hmm. in that episode was the TARDIS. And I was like, wow, Peter Davison's TARDIS is really different. Um, <laughs> I, I remember, I remember thinking that as a kid. Uh, That's funny. so I know that it was, I know, I know that Earthshock was, um, one of the ones that I saw of his, I don't know if that was the only one or if there was another one. Uh, but yes, my my revisitation outside of Time Crash, <laughs> my revisitation of Peter Davison was the visitation. Yes. So, uh, mm-hmm. yes, absolutely. And at that time, I watched it and was like, "Yeah, that was that was fine." Mm-hmm. Now, having watched as much classic Who as I have since then, rewatching this. Oh my god, I love this episode. I know, right? Like, wow. Animatronic mouths. Yeah. Animatronic mouths. It's just fun. Yeah. Like, in the same way that Pompeii is fun. And, like, this is, like, this is my sort of banner for Peter Davison. Like, if you like this story, you're going to like his other stories. Not the, Mm -hmm. like, not the horrible ones. But this Mm -hmm. is, like... This is like the baseline of like as quote unquote worse as it gets. Like this is perfectly average in mm-hmm. the same way that Pompeii is perfectly average. Um, and I love that about this. Um, yeah. Also, Eric Sayward should have written more non-Dalek Cybermen stories. Sure. Yeah. 
because this was really good. Like, yeah, there were there were moments in this where I literally laughed out loud and not not in an ironic fashion, like not where I'm just like, ha, ah, that's ridiculous. Like where I legitimately was like, that was really funny. Like, <laughs> I mean, we'll, we're, we're going to break it down soon. But there there are there are a lot of moments, especially there's a moment with Tegan that so funny, <laughs> such a funny line. Um, and, and I think that it's, it's interesting, uh, that this is only Peter Davison's second story as the doctor, because watching this, I would have never believed that ever. Yeah, no, it definitely feels like his fourth. He seems so in tune with the doctor as a character in this. Oh yeah. Oh, so Mm -hmm. good. And I love how cranky he is in this. Oh, sure. Like cranky in a fun uncle way. Mm-hmm. Well, but, well, Sayward apparently wrote this for Tom Baker, but it kept getting pushed back because Nathan Turner wasn't wasn't happy with it, and then it was rushed into production, and so he had to rewrite it around Nissa, Tegan, and Adric. Which I mean, you can tell when you're watching it. <laughs> well, yeah, because Nissa it, it comes in and out, as does all Adric, of them do, really, and and, and Tegan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, the Doctor really only deals with one of them at a time, right? And and with one real companion, which I think is always hilarious. Um, uh, but yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't think so. So like that kind of makes sense. But like this, I mean, the thing that strikes it for me is I haven't seen this story in about two years, and I've been saying for a long time that it's just fun and really good. And I like this was this was my introduction to Davison. Like this is when I was going through my initial like Doctor Who run. Uh, when I just started picking up, I ran through a story of each of the classic doctors. I did um, uh, Daleks, Invasion. I did Daleks, and then I did the Invasion, and then I did Axos, and then I did Genesis, and then I did... And I stopped by and did three doctors. I forgot about that. And then I did the Visitation. Um, and it was something that I was really looking forward to, because I just really wanted to see him, because he was so interesting to me. And honest to God... In the first scene that he's in, like just the TARDIS scene where he's talking to Adric, I was like, oh, I love this era so much. Yeah. (laughs) And like going back, it's fascinating because I I guess we can't really talk about it later, so I'll just talk about it now. It's fascinating going at it now because when I had seen this initially, it was like the sixth classic story that I'd seen and I hadn't watched and I haven't watched it since then. Um, and now that I've seen all of the stories and I know what happens to all these characters and I know who they were, like, I didn't know who Tegan, Adric, and Nissa were. I knew that Adric died and that's it. Um, so I just watched it. And so like, I was meeting these people for the first time and coming at it now, like, it was really interesting, like meeting them for the first time again. Like it was this really weird experience that I felt very... I really enjoyed like, and I just, this is, I mean, I try not to be too nostalgic about Dr. Who and too romanticize you, but this like, this is like, this is like coming home. Like, it's just like true nostalgia for me. Um, as close to Dr. Who nostalgia as I think I'll ever get. Um, and so it'll always have a special place, even though like, I'll admit it's not anywhere close to Davison's best story. Um, like I, like Kinda, Castrovalva, Enlightenment, and Caves are all way better than this. Um, but it's just fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love but, that about it. But his other stories do not have fish armadillos. Oh, that is <laughs> that is true. And that makes them not as fun. Um, <laughs> oh, necessarily as fun, anyways. Um, fish armadillos in capes. 
having the best, the hands down line of the story, which we'll get to later. Um, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but yeah, no, this is this is fun. And if you listen to these and don't watch classic, watch this. It's not the best. Like I'll admit, I'll freely admit it's not the best. But man, is it fun! Like yeah. It's entertaining just, too. I mean, there's oh, not a point where I feel like it slows down. Like I feel like it's, it's, it's very entertaining throughout all four episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I mean, it has, it has good cliffhangers, terrible resolutions, like <laughs> the worst. Like this has. Oh, the... I love, I love the first resolution just because it's ridiculous. Oh, it's insane! Like it's insane! Like they're, but they're they're all insane. Like we'll talk about them, but they're like the worst resolutions I've seen in Doctor Who. Like it's hey, pretty, it's pretty bad. It's um, true, but it's just it's great, and it introduces you to the whole crew. Um, everyone kind of gets a moment, and it's just it's just fun. Like it's just fun in ways that stories rarely are. Uh, mm-hmm. And Richard Mace, but we'll talk about him in a minute. Um, that we will. And uh, before we do. I want to remind you that today's episode episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com. This month at InStockTrades.com, you can purchase our March Book of the Month, Echo, the Complete Edition by Terry Moore, uh, which is available for only $27.99, which is 30% off the suggested retail price of $39.99. It's 600 pages, less than 30 bucks. Go get it and uh, place... Place uh, another twenty dollars worth of orders and get free shipping um, if your order uh, is over fifty. Uh, so thanks to InStockTrades.com, go there and order some comic books. Yes, yes. Do that. <clears throat> so uh, that brings us to uh, episode one of the visitation, and uh, this story's good. <laughs> it just is like. <laughs> It just makes me so happy because this is one of the episodes where uh, <clears throat> my girlfriend Bethany was uh, staying with me this weekend, and so I need and I needed to watch this, so we watched it together. And every time that I put on an episode of Classic Who with her, I'm always worried that I'm going to have a another experience like the Gunslingers, which was not a good episode to introduce her to Classic Who with. Mm-hmm. Um. And and so like I'm always worried that that that's gonna be the case again. And we were both just having a hell of a good time watch, like watching this. Mm-hmm. It was oh so much fun. And she had never seen a Davison story before, so um, I think she really likes Davison now. Well, well, yeah. It's hard yeah. to do like a better first Davison because he doesn't like again. He doesn't do anything like amazing. Like there's no standout fist pump Davison moment that I can kind of point out. It's all just the little moments that you just kind of look at and say, Oh, that was a good choice. And that was a good choice. And that was a good choice. And it's mm-hmm. just like every, he does, scene he does get to channel Pertwee in this first episode though. <laughs> oh, oh yes, he does. Which I also love. <laughs> if, I mean, I'm not for the doctor using violence, but anytime he wants to flip somebody like that, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. all right. So, uh, episode one opens uh, in the 17th century, uh, in which a family is uh, living their life. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I don't really know how else to put it. They're not really doing anything. No, uh, yeah, the family's here for like three minutes, and they're there to get dead, basically. Like that's yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they live in a manor, and the manor and this girl looks out the out the window and sees a shooting star, um, and she's like, "Oh, isn't that lovely?" And everyone says, "Shut up and sit down," which I think is funny. Um, and then, and then the shooting like star a, turns into a firework. Yes, <laughs> it just explodes as shooting. And then stars. she and she she's like, "Oh, it's amazing! I've never seen anything like it." And he's just like, "Well, I'm not interested in that. That sounds stupid." <laughs> Yeah, basically. Basically. Um <laughs> it honestly it honestly reminded me of um uh the Time Warrior for some reason. Like I was watching it and I was just like, mm-hmm. "Oh, that's weird." Yeah. Like, yeah, it does. Yeah. The, the shooting star, the table settings and then the arrival of an alien. Like it was it was very reminiscent of Time Warrior mm-hmm. to me, which I thought was really cool. Um <laughs> so there basically everyone in this house uh, is just kind of eating and chilling out, and they're just like, well, the earth shook when that star landed. That's kind of weird, but let's eat dinner anyway. So they're eating dinner, and all of a sudden, we get these POV shots of this heavy mouth breather creature walking towards the house and then into the house, and then it comes across this dude and this, like, this manservant, I suppose. And the manservant's like, what? Ah! And then he gets zapped by a laser, which, I mean... We're in the 17th century and there's lasers. That is a plus. Um, and he, so he falls down and this makes everyone wake up because they're like, home invasion. Oh, no. So they pick up their guns and they prepare for whatever's coming. Um, and so they they all mount up and the girl picks up a gun, which is nice. And they all that mount was, up. That, that, I love that. That was so funny. Oh, she was just awesome. like, take this. <laughs> and she's like and, oh and it's not even and it wasn't even a thing where like they're like take this uh and just 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 aim it and you know like look threatening whatever like it wasn't even a, yeah look threatening it wasn't even a thing like that it was it was literally like they handed her the gun and she's just like finally and just takes it <laughs> and just like owns that gun like she's done it like she's just been waiting for this moment. Now's my moment. Um, yeah. So they all pick up their weapons and they and they point it at the door because something's trying to break through the door. And all of a sudden, out of the door, pops. And as soon as I saw this, I swear to you, the first time I was watching this, I was watching this on my iPod. I have like an iPod classic, so don't judge me. But I, um, I was watching it on my iPod. And literally when I saw... This disco robot <laughs> break into the house. I was like, "Oh, this just got way better." Oh man, it is a bedazzled robot. It is wonderful. It is. It's like so... it's like you know, like those 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 cell phone decorations like girls get sometimes. Like oh, mostly yeah. middle school girls, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what this. That's this. This robot looks like a bedazzled cell phone. Yeah, <laughs> a walking bedazzled cell phone. With, like, a ridiculous face, and, oh, it's just wonderful. It has it's gems just... all over it. Gems. Yeah. <laughs> why Why is a robot a good place to store precious stones? I don't know. Then again, I'm not a pterileptal, so, I mean, I'm not one to judge. <laughs> but uh, all the people freak out because they're like, it's a demon! And so they shoot it, and we fade away. And we 
you know, kind of end on a really cool action set piece to open. Um, and then we get a nice series of crossfades, which I just, I like it because it's very atmospheric, um, where you suddenly see the house and the house is in a state of disrepair from, you know, them not picking up after the, um, after this initial attack, which I think is really nice. Um, and then we cut to the TARDIS where everyone in the TARDIS is arguing with each other. Why? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Tegan's it's really be- upset. Because it's supposed to be grumpy fourth doctor. It's supposed to be uh, grumpy Tom Baker who argues, who picks fights with everyone. Right. And, and because Sayward loves it when his companions bicker. Like, he just loves it. I don't know why. Um, it's like his obsession. Like, I mean, this is, remember, this is the guy who in Revelation of the Daleks literally writes an entire 45-minute episode of literally the sixth doctor and Perry walking through the countryside bickering. Like, that's their entire job for the first 45 minutes of that story. Um, that, not even interfering with the plot. I would point that out. Um, so, so he loves the bickering. So <laughs> the Doctor's really pissed off because in Kinda, Adric, you know, dropped the ball and almost got Eris killed because of he was shooting out of that robot. If you remember when we were talking about Kinda and Adric's like, I had it under control and they're fighting, blah, blah, blah. And then Adric's like, ah, and he leaves. Cause Adric's a whiny, you know, little bitch. Um, so, <laughs> sorry. I try to keep it clean, but I'll, I'll Adric's a bitch. I'm sorry. Um, so, so, so the doctor's like, why don't I go check? Why don't you go check on, check on Tegan? So Nissa goes to check on Tegan. Tegan's like, where the Kinda ruined my day. And this is like, oh, that's okay. The doctor's landing at Heathrow right now. And T- and Tegan's like, finally, good. Thank you for the doctor getting me back home. And <laughs> the doctor lands the TARDIS. And as soon as he lands the TARDIS, they open and the scanner literally shows where Heathrow a- Airport should be is just a forest. And the doctor's like, oh, damn it. And Tegan <laughs> gets so upset that she just runs out of the TARDIS. She just leaves. Um, <laughs> is it safe? I don't know. Are they on an alien planet? I don't know. I love how uh, her response isn't... Her response is not that of a normal person. Her response isn't, oh, so we landed in the wrong place. Maybe you could try again? <laughs> no, instead it's, I'm going to run and make you chase me. <laughs> I'm so angry. And then she just leaves. <laughs> Like the most weird, it's like the weirdest, unrealistic, most unrealistic response. And I love that the doctor's response to this is literally just every, Nissa and T, Nissa and Adric are just like, that was really mean. The doctor's like, that was not intentional. She is being really stuffy. And then they just look at him. He's like, fine, I'll go out and say hi to her. Um, <laughs> so he grabs his coat and hat. He walks outside, and Tegan's just standing there dejected, and he's like, look, I'm sorry, I'll get you back to Heathrow. And then, before they can do much more, they see that there's this smoke cloud. The Doctor's like, it's weird, that's sulfur, let's go explore it. And Tegan's like, alright, I guess I got time for this. Um, so, well, well, here's the thing that's funny about Tegan, and this, this, is, this is an ongoing thing, and an ongoing problem I have with companions of the Doctor, Tegan doesn't seem to understand how time travel wor- works. She's got nothing but time. Like, <laughs> I don't know what she's in a hurry to get back to because time is waiting for her. She's in a time machine. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. I just, I don't, she's not missing out on anything. 
<laughs> she's really not. Uh, she's like, I'm going to be late for my job interview. It's like, bitch, you are in a time machine. <laughs> yeah, like, I know. You're in a time machine. Like, are you dumb? Are you seriously dumb? <laughs> just I'm... sit down, shut up, enjoy the ride, have a, have a biscuit, and just, you know, deal with it. Yeah. You'll be fine. <laughs> oh, man. Uh... Oh, Tegan. Oh, Tegan. Um, I cannot wait to laugh at you in Time Flight. Anyways, um, no, seriously, the best part of Time Flight is literally the last 30 seconds, because the first time I saw it, I just went, ha, because it's really funny. Um, uh. unfortunately, that's the only good part of that story. Um, so, <laughs> they go exploring, and they come across these angry villagers who are just like, ah, anger, and all of a sudden, the doctor's like, well, I gotta get my way out of this. So he just flips a dude, like, does the standard, like, block, and then grab their arm and just flip them over their arm, which is always a cool move for the doctor to do. Tom Baker does it a lot. John Perry does it a lot. Davison now does it. Yay. Um, <laughs> then we get a phenomenal little shot of this guy with a pitchfork attacking Tegan and Nyssa, and, they, and he, like, runs forward. And then Adric just drops on his hands and knees, and Tegan and Nissa push him over Adric. And this is only funny if for no other reason than because Matthew Waterhouse clearly was not expecting this to happen, because he does not recover well from this. Like he just kind of, <laughs> he just kind of stumbles up to his feet, and he's like, he's like, oh, I'm a little okay. Let's get. Let's get moving. It's like <laughs> it oh, does wow. not look like it realistically does not look like they rehearsed that at all. <laughs> or or if they did, it was like their 10th time and everyone had just stopped caring. Yeah. <laughs> and Matthew Waterhouse had had that guy pushed over him about 10 times. And he just couldn't take it anymore. Um <laughs> he has like a bruise in his ribs. <laughs> Oh, that's okay, Adric. The sweet embrace of death is coming for you. Um, so, 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 I'm sorry. Okay, so the Doctor, Tegan, and Nissa and Adric start running through the woods, and they come across this dude with some guns. And this guy is a high woman slash actor, and his name is Richard Mace. And my God, okay. Last time we talked about Davison, he's just we had he's just pimping around in a tree. Oh, that is his job. Like he is. Oh, he is such a pimp. He is like he is he is a pimp master. And like between the scientist chick from Kinda and this guy, Davison literally got shafted on his companions. Like my God, can you imagine if Davison's companions were this guy and the scientist chick? Oh, I wouldn't leave the house. Like seriously, <laughs> seriously, she they're so good. And Richard Mace, I love Richard Mace. Like he goes in the pantheon of the great Doctor companions who never were. Yeah. Like, oh, he is wonderful. You're not kidding. Yeah, he's. You're not kidding. He is. He is a delight. Um, absolutely. So, so the Doctor and Tegan and Nissa and Adric are just like, oh, hey, what's up? And he's just like, I'm a di- I'm a guy who travels. And I don't know what else, I don't know what's going on, so I'll just hang with you. And the doctor's like, okay, well, this road goes somewhere. So they, so they wander for a little bit. They come across this barn. They explore the barn. They find these things called power packs, which are 
electric discharge battery things. Um, and they're just like, that's weird. So they keep fo- so they then follow the road a little bit further and they come across this um this manor house. They almost get run over by this dude on a push cart because <laughs> I don't know, this guy just likes running people over. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, some people like that. I'll be honest with you. Some people <laughs> just like to hit people with cars. Um not me, not me, I swear. Um so <laughs> doctor... well, occasionally. Well, I mean, you know, accidents happen. <laughs> accidents <laughs> accidents happen um so they arrive at this house and it's empty and the doctor's just like well let's find some let's let's ask the people here if they know things because those angry villagers aren't going to help us so the doctor and nissa break into the house look they just break in like yeah (laughs) well i i i just love this because he like they're all standing in front of the in front of the uh, door, and and they're like, "Okay, let's just go in." And the guy's like, uh, "Richard Mason's like, whoa, we can't just we can't just go in. That's that's illegal." <laughs> and and the doctor's just like, "You're right, Richard Mace. Uh I'm gonna go around the corner and like and and then is it is it Tegan or Adric that's like, "I'll come with you," and you're like, and he's just like, "No, I'm taking this." <laughs> Might have been Adric. That sounds like an Adric move. He's like, I'll come. And he's like, no, I'm taking this. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. And they literally just go around. And he's just like, uh, it's like she's like, so what are we looking for? And he's like, a way in. Hey, that window looks open. Let's go. <laughs> just climb through a window. And I love the scene where they're just like, uh, we're right before, right before the doctor walks off. Uh, he's like, you guys stay here in case somebody comes to the door. And then he, he leaves. And Richard Mace is like, what do we say if someone does come to the door? And Patrick's just like, hello? <laughs> <laughs> he's not wrong. That's. <laughs> I just love this kid incredulous, like, are you retarded? <laughs> Well, Richard Mace needs his lines written down, apparently, because he's an actor. He's an actor. Um, he 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 is an actor. No one said no one signed him up for uh, for for classes for improvisational stuff. <laughs> he's he's not in improv classes. He's just not. Exactly. Exactly. He is a thespian. A man of the theater, sir. Um, <laughs> God, I love Richard Mays. That actor is so he has like the best voice. Like, yeah. Oh man, I think it, he. I think it, he, like, it sounds like away. he. It sounds like he has a diet of at least half gravel. Oh yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. Um, <laughs> takes a lot to maintain that voice. I'll be honest with you. Um, I wish he like was still around. Like, I think the actor passed away a while back. Um, but man, can you imagine if he just came back and did a BFA? Oh, oh, that'd be so wonderful. God, could you imagine? A series of of Moffat BFAs with Richard N- Mace and Nissa. Oh, that would be so cool. Yeah, that'd be great. That would that be would wonderful. be wonderful. Yeah, yeah. That should that should have happened. That oh, happened. oh, or better yet, oh, or better yet. Oh my God, Richard Ma- Richard Mace with Colin Baker. Mm, that was my response. 
The wafting of that was wonderful. Um, <laughs> oh my god, I want that. Oh, that would have been so good. Um, so the doctor and Nissa they break into the house, and the doctor's like, and Nissa's like, "What do you think?" And he's like, "Well, I think that looks like an energy weapon, like a laser scratch, like mark on the wall." And Nissa's like, "Oh yeah, that's weird." And the doctor's like, "Yeah, why don't you go let in some people?" I'm going to go explore this little passageway. So Nissa goes to let Richard Mace and Adric and Tegan in while the doctor goes exploring. And Nissa... Sorry, I'm trying to keep track of who's around. Nissa, Tegan, and Richard, uh, Richard Mace and Adric show up where the doctor disappeared and they find themselves up against a brick wall. And they're just like, that's weird. And then all of a sudden, a door shuts behind them and gets locked. And they're like, no, doctor, what happened? Doctor, come out and help. And then we cut to credits. And yeah. it's a nice cliffhanger. Oh, yeah, it's, okay. it's a nice cliffhanger. Until then we come back to episode two. And it all happens exactly the same. Except they're like, no, doctor, doctor, help us. And then he just comes out of the wall and goes, what's up? <laughs> Like, what I miss? Wait, I'm right here. Well, hold, hold on. How, what? How are you coming through the wall like a ghost? And he's just like, oh yeah, hologram. It's a hologram. Didn't you know? I mean, it's not. It's not a real wall. And maybe like, if but, you guys had just put your hand up against it, you would have figured it out. But um, <laughs> this is why I'm the doctor and you're my companions. Um, so, so they're like, well, that's weird. And the doctor's like, yeah, isn't it? Come on, let's explore. So they keep exploring. I feel like I'm telling, like, some, some like, kid's story where they just, like, Blue's Clues, where he just keeps moving around the house, and it's just Steve walking in place, and the green screen is scrolling behind them, like, that's what I imagine <laughs> in my head. Uh, just to while, singing a little, while singing a little tune. I am the doctor. I am the doctor. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> Disco robot. Um, so the doctor... <laughs> The doctor and everyone, because I'll just say and everyone, starts exploring a um, this down under this basement wine cellar, I suppose. And they they notice that there's all sorts of technology and it's really weird. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the disco robot shows up and he's just like, ah, and he starts shooting at them and takes out uh, Tegan and Adric because, I mean... They need to get taken out, I guess. Um, and the doctor's like, ah, get out of here. So Richard Mace and Nissa run off. Richard Mace can't get through the holographic wall. So it's up to Nissa. Go Nissa. And the doctor, like, tries to get them to waken up, to wake up, but they don't. And so he's just like, all right, I'll come back for you. And he books it out of there. And I just, I love this. I love that action set piece. It's just fun. It it's is. Like a, Here's like my a, question. I have, I have, I have, yeah, I have one question about this whole thing, and it was distracting me the whole time. Where did all of the hay come from? I have no idea. Why is it in the basement of a manor? <laughs> that's, where, that's where the servants live. They just roll around in the hay. Oh, that's okay. How, that's how the serfs live, in the hay. They just... Uh, they sweat out hay. That's really all they do. That was, um, <laughs> that was I, I, I. It was just distracting me during that whole set piece. I was like, "Where is all of this hay coming from? Why is it there?" 
No, yeah, the hay in this is basically like the leaves in Kinda. Like it's just to cover the fact that it's a that it's a studio floor that they're dealing with. <laughs> I because there I don't. there is no concrete in the in the 16th century. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um so the doctor and Nissa and Richard Mays managed to escape the manor and the doctor's like, "All right, we're going to go back to the TARDIS. We're going to create a sonic device that's going to destroy the robot. And Richard Mace is like, whoa, I didn't sign up for that. And the doctor's like, all right, fine, wait here. And Richard Mace is like, okay, fine, I'll leave. So Richard Mace joins them. And as they're walking away from the manor, they come across this giant crash spaceship. And they're just like, that's weird. So they go inside and they start exploring it. And they're like, oh, this has been cannibalized for parts. I guess an alien is living here. And, um... So they, they kind of, like, just examine the spaceship for a while. Meanwhile, Tegan and Adric awaken to find themselves face-to-face with a Terraleptal. Who, as you mentioned, Scott, are what exactly? Oh. Oh. <laughs> they are fish armadillos. <laughs> there is no better way to describe them but fish armadillos. Yeah, they're, they're fish armadillos. They, they, have, have, yeah. they, have, they, have, they have fishy lips... That are animatronic, and is the first anim- and is the first use of animatronics ever on Doctor Who, um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, so they have fishy lips and sort of a fishy, a fishy amphibious shaped head with um, gills. There's gills yeah, with gills and an armadillo body <laughs> and shell on the back, which doesn't look good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the that's that's the armadillo. Like it's kind of armadillo looking. Like mm-hmm. it's they're they're fish armadillos. I don't. It's it's wonderful. It's 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 an astounding character design. Just because it's one of those things where you're like, what? <laughs> and you just look at it and you're like, how did someone think of that? <laughs> Why would like, someone think of that? And then you're like, okay. Yeah, you just sort of go with it, yeah. Okay, fish armadillo. All right. A fish armadillo. Not only is it a fish armadillo, it's a fish armadillo in a cloak. (laughs) Who is obsessed with collecting androids. He loves androids. And bedazzling them. (laughs) It's It's a little weird. It's, that's what the story's about. I just want everyone to know this is about the time that a fish armadillo in a cloak lands on, in 16th century Earth to collect androids in which to bedazzle. That's basically it, yeah. You're Disco androids. Yep. <laughs> Disco robots. Disco robot androids. Uh, anyways. Also, I feel like I feel like maybe maybe I'm unclear about the difference between an android and a robot because that looks like a robot to me, not an android. I don't know. I don't know. I thought I thought androids had to be humanoid looking. I have no idea. I thought that was I, the, I thought cuz that's why Data's an android and why they're androids in Blade Runner. Oh, okay. That would that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well, it's, anyway, I say he's a robot. Yeah. They call him an android, but but he's definitely a disco bedazzled robot. Yeah, that's basically what he is. Um, and the fish armadillo is collecting robots. Exactly. Um, For what purpose? We'll, we'll find, find out. Doubt, I guess. Um, so, <laughs> sort of. Maybe. 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 I don't know. Um, so, so they they wake up and they find um, and they find themselves face to face with the pteroleptile. They're like, "What are you doing here?" And he's like, "Ha ha ha." And then uh, the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, yep, that's that about does it. Does. Yeah, is this, no, that's wait, all is this does. the point? Is this the point? Has he has he tied them? Has he strapped them to the tables yet? Now? Yeah, no, this is where they're strapped to the table. Yeah. Okay, and this is the point where he where, where Tegan says the line that made me laugh out loud, which he's like, "What is he? He he's like, stop being such a stupid woman." And she's like, "That's not the first time I've heard that before." <laughs> Because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I could I rewound it and watched it again because it was so funny. <laughs> oh god. Oh, that's oh, not the first man. time I've heard that before. Oh god. <laughs> uh, okay. So so uh the the the, the pterileptal cackles maniacally I guess. And so the doctor Richard Mason Nisser are back at their spaceship, the pterileptal spaceship that's crashed. And they go, "Okay, well, this is weird. Let's go kill that robot like we said we were going to do." So they walk outside. And they find themselves face to face with a bunch of villagers who are angry. And the doctor's like, oh, "This is weird." And the Richard Mason's <laughs> like, "I I got this." And he pulls out his pistols because he has these two pistols. And the doctor's like, they're, they're not afraid of you because they're under brain control. Because the terraleptals use the power packs to control people's brains. With, and with Richard bracelets. Mason's like, huh? With convenient, fashionable bracelets. Yes. Well, I mean, the terraleptals, as we've learned, very fashion conscious. <laughs> yes, they Very are. fashion conscious. So, like, of course, I mean, the bracelets, they got to stylize. They got to accessorize, you know. It's just the way of the world, man. <laughs> um, so so the doctor's like, that won't scare them off. And the Richard Mason's like, that's okay. They're not loaded. And I'm like, you are you are fantastic, my friend. Just, <laughs> he's just like, they're not loaded. And the doctor's like, great. Now, could you please get inside? Could you please get inside? And Richard Mason's like, all right, that's a good idea. And the doctor's like, I'm just here to talk. And it turns out that the Terraleptal is basically just brain controlling them from afar. And it's like, kill the doctor. So the guy pulls an arrow and we get this cool little... The guy fires an arrow, and the doctor's like, ah! And he runs into the TARDIS, and this arrow lands in the in the, um, in the the wall. I'll also point out, very funny, very briefly, the stuff with the villagers and the spaceship and the exteriors is all shot on location. The stuff in the ship is all set on a soundstage. And you can tell that, and I don't know if you saw this, I didn't see it at first, but you can tell that. The sound set, literally, for the outside world is just the backdrop of a forest. Like, <laughs> like literally, just about two feet away from the entrance. And it's, oh, God, it's one of those wonderful Doctor Who moments. Um, I didn't notice. Oh, next time you watch this, my friend, notice the <laughs> backdrop. It was, it was like finding cardboard cutout Daleks all over again. Um, oh, so, good times. 
Good, good times. So the doctor, the doctor and everyone just kind of break out. They're like, oh, we need to get out of here. Let's use this alternate escape hatch. So they do that and they leave. And the doctor is like, okay, well, I need to go talk to the miller now because, because I do. Uh, Richard Mace, you come with me. Nissa, you go back to the TARDIS and go build me a sonic disruptor so that we can blow up the robot. This is like, all right. So Nissa's consigned to the TARDIS for the next, you know, two episodes. Um, and the doctor, which is amazing because we literally like, you would think that they would be like, okay, well, we, we wrote Nissa out so she doesn't need to come back for a few episodes. But no, we go and visit Nissa while she's like alone and just doing stuff around the TARDIS. Like keeping house, dusting, yeah. dragging things across the floor, rearranging, you know, yeah. the usual. The usual. Um, We're not exaggerating. That's not, no, that's, exa- that's literally no, 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 what that's, she's doing. That is exactly what she's doing. Um, so, Nissa goes back to go create a Sonic Disruptor. That's the last we're going to see her for two episodes. That's okay. We don't. There's so many freaking characters in this story, we don't need them all. As we're about to find out. So, the Doctor... Richard Mace visit the Miller. Richard Mace is whining because he, you know, he wants a horse to ride because he's not meant to walk. Why he's a traveling highwayman, I don't know. Like, honestly, you'd think that highwaymen would have to walk a lot, but I don't know. So when they get to the Miller's house, they find that the Miller's been brain controlled and they they watch the Miller leave. And then Richard Mace has this great moment where he talks to a donkey. Why, I don't know. Uh, Why not, is what I say. (laughs) Fair enough. I mean, if you're going to talk to anyone, talk to a donkey. They like it, I guess. Um, (laughs) So, so, the donkey, uh, what we don't know is that the donkey used to be a small child that visited (laughs) (laughs) visited a theme park of sorts. And he was like, and he was like, well, I could either be a donkey or I could get swallowed by a whale. I'll take my chances. <laughs> With the donkey. Uh, so uh, while this is going on, Nissa and, or not Nissa, Tegan and Adric are captured and are are basically left to fend for themselves in a in a locked room. But this locked room has a window and many things with which to break that window. Um. So they're just, <laughs> Tegan and Adric are just like, let's escape. So they start to escape. And then Adric escapes, and Tegan doesn't escape. Why? I don't know. Like, seriously, just jump out the window. Just go. This android is not very fast, and all it can do is shoot lasers at you. You're gonna be okay. But Adric escapes, Tegan doesn't, and Tegan's left at the mercy of the android. I think okay. Tegan was distracted by the, the by the by the pretty jewels. <laughs> that's that's the secret twist of the of the jewels. You can't take your eyes off it. It's you true. Can't take, you can't take your eyes off it. It's like a peacock. Uh, exactly. So the doctor's exploring the Miller's barn and he's just like, "All right, well, this was pointless." Um, <laughs> 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 that's literally like what he says. Let's get, he's like, let's get out of here. And Richard Mason's like, okay. And just as they're about to leave, they're about to leave. The, the, a bunch of angry villagers show up and they're like, ah, kill them. They're plague carriers. <laughs> they're plague carriers. You need to kill them. And so the doctor and Richard Mason are put on their knees and they're like, and the doctor's like, oh, come on. <laughs> like, like, that's literally what he says. He's like, literally, he just goes, he's, 
Not again. Yeah, not again. (laughs) (laughs) They're basically put down to be executed, and this guy raises his scythe, and that's where we end the episode. It's a fine cliffhanger. We come back. Literally, some dude walks into the barn and says, Stop! (laughs) (laughs) That's how they solve that cliffhanger. That's... That's how they solved that cliffhanger. Uh, I love this story so much. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so this guy, he's uh, he's con- he's basically uh, controlled by the Terraleptals, and the Terraleptals told them to keep the Doctor alive because the Terraleptals realize that the Doctor has a TARDIS, and now that he has a TARDIS, they can you know use the TARDIS uh, to. Do what? We'll find out at the end of this episode. Um, so, <laughs> the Doctor and Richard Mace are kept captive for a while, and uh, Adric basically wanders through the forest trying to get back to the TARDIS. This is arranging furniture. <laughs> Tegan is put under uh, general mind control, I guess. Adric uh, goes and- back to the TARDIS and shares a scene with Nyssa on a bed where I kept waiting for them to get it on. Because <laughs> the sexual tension in that scene... Like, you could practically see it. <laughs> it was so thick. Yeah. Was... <laughs> I was just like, wow. <laughs> oh, Matthew Waterhouse, you are not a good actor. Um, So, <laughs> I- I'm sorry. Obviously, Matthew Waterhouse had, like, a massive crush on, on the actress that played Nyssa. Sure. Well, because... I mean, Sarah Sutton is very pretty. Well, she that. is. Yeah. She's quite pretty. Um, but you could Seriously. tell he was just like, he was just wanting to be like, Nissa, teach me the ways <laughs> of the trockin', please. Uh, <laughs> teach me the ways of trockin' love. <laughs> oh, and that was the, and that is basically how Urshock ended. Um, so... <laughs> No, but seriously, I like. See, I I kept waiting for Adric to like awkwardly go for the kiss, and then Nissa just be like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and then he's like, and then he's like, uh, and she's like, "Oh, ew, <laughs> yeah," <laughs> just like completely breaks character. Oh, ew, and just walks <laughs> off. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> So basically, the story is kind of running in circles at the moment, but that's okay. And then we get <laughs> Doctor Richard Mace are in this locked cell in the Miller's barn, and the villagers are just like, "What do we do with him?" And the and the guy who basically stopped the whole proceedings just collapses. Why I don't really know. He just kind of does. And then the Terraleptals like, "This is useless. Get me an android." So. The disco, the sparkling disco robot, goes out to go <laughs> rescue the doctor, and he's dressed up in like a skeleton mask and a cloak, so he looks like death. Mm-hmm. Why I don't know. I'm not complaining, but why I don't know. Uh, I think uh, wasn't wasn't he saying like it's <laughs> didn't he at some point didn't the fish armadillo say that. It was more believable for the for the villagers uh, to think that they're seeing death than a bedazzled <laughs> robot, basically. <laughs> yeah, that that sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds about the logic of this story. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> me personally, I'd be a little bit more scared by that sparkler. I'll be honest. With <laughs> yeah, you. but what he's basically saying is, if the villagers, the if the villagers see a thing in a cloak with a skull mask, they're like, "Oh my god, it's death! Everybody run!" But if they see a robot stomping around town. Like a disco robot stomping around town. They're just going to be like, Frank, what are you wearing? Get out of that. Stop messing with us. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. No one's going to take that seriously. Um, <laughs> no one's going to take that seriously. Um, so so the disco robot basically frees the doctor and Richard Mace and drags them back to uh, back to the manor house. So basically, the Doctor and Richard Mace have spent this entire episode just trapped. And the Terraleptal explains that he's a Terraleptal. He was a former prisoner, which is why his face is all scarred up, which is a really cool, like, choice. Like, it would be one thing to have it be just like a fish head, but I love that one side of its face basically kind of makes it look like Two-Face. I mean, it's not as much, but, like, there's, like, an eye missing, and it looks mm-hmm. all charred and scarred up, and I like that. It was a, It's a nice, cool choice of them. Um... So the the Terraleptal's like I'm a Terraleptal, and now that we have your TARDIS, uh, we can travel around the universe, and collect androids. Why I don't know. Um, yeah, remember that part where we said we're gonna tell you why? Yeah, there is no reason why. He just does. No, it's yeah, just we were... something he does. It's a hobby. <laughs> he's just a collector. Like he's looking. He's looking for good deals. Um, <laughs> He's like, I'll be honest, I landed here because I thought it was a flea market. (laughs) (laughs) I saw lots of hay, tents, I was looking for a deal. (laughs) And look, I'll be honest, you people look stupid. You really look stupid. I thought I could pull one over on you. Turns out, you guys, just primitive savages. (laughs) That's really all you are. Um, so the doctor, so so the Terralepto puts Richard Mace under the mind control, and the doctor, and the doctor's like, "Why don't you put me under mind control?" And the Terralepto's like, "Because you'll take over the mind control. You're so dumb." And, the <laughs> and so the doctor's like, "Okay, well, what are your plans for this planet?" And the Terralepto's like, "We're gonna take over, not because not through our superior strength." And having a disco robot that can shoot lasers. No, we're going to take over by basically putting injecting plague rats with, with viruses and then just letting them loose in cities so that we basically just spread a plague. That's all we want to do. And the doctor goes... Why? The I don't like, know. I don't got anything better to do. <laughs> the also, goes, I'm really pissed off that this isn't a flea market. <laughs> No androids. Kind of angry. Um, so the doctor goes. The doctor's like, "Why are you doing this?" And the guy's just like, "Eh, this is fun." And then the doctor—I don't remember the exact line that preceded it, but this is my favorite line of the story because the doctor said, "Like the guy says, the terraleptal says something," and then the doctor says, "That's hardly much of an argument," and the terraleptal just loses his. Freaking mind and shouts at the doctor. It wasn't an argument. It was a statement. And he just—he 
it just leaves. And I'm just like, wow, buddy, learn some, like, anger management skills. Because he, he loses his mind. Like, he literally just uses, he loses his mind. He's like, it's not supposed to be an argument. It's a statement. Ah! <laughs> Why oh, doesn't anyone understand me? <laughs> all I want are robots. That's all I want. <laughs> um, so, so basically, the Terraleptal leaves, and he leaves Tegan and Richard Mace. Richard Mace is pointing a gun at the doctor. Tegan is holding a plague rat box, and she's about to open the plague rat box, and the doctor's like, "Don't open the plague rat, bo- ra- plague rat box. We're all dead." Cliffhanger. Oh no, Tegan's gonna open the box, come back from the cliffhanger, the doctor randomly has some power packs in his hand, and literally just electrocutes Richard Mace. Just... Okay. So, <laughs> bas- so basically, every single cliffhanger in this story is literally just, why don't we just continue the story for another two seconds? Two seconds! And we'll see what happens next. Um, yeah. So I guess that's a good way to resolve cliffhangers. I, mean, I, <laughs> I just would. think I, it's 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 such a ridiculous way to to solve a cliffhanger. Like I I I love these resolutions as much as I love an actual good resolution. Oh yeah, because oh. they're just like it's just ridiculous. <laughs> When you come back and the and and the resolution is literally somebody just being like, "No, don't do that," <laughs> then you've just transcended whatever you've transcended. Right? Like that's, that's when that's when Eric Sayward was just like, "Yeah, I don't really believe in cliffhangers." Just like I know I have to have them, but I really don't want to deal with them for very long. What's a good moment for me to do at the end of 24 minutes? Eh, this. <laughs> How do I get out of it? Ah, eh, this. The doctor just pops his head through the wall. It was a holographic wall. You're dumb. You're dumb. Uh, <laughs> so so the doctor manages to, to take Richard Mace out of the mind control, and he manages to wrestle the bracelet off Tegan. Also, somewhere in here, the Terraleptal destroys the Sonic Screwdriver because John Nathan Turner hated the Sonic Screwdriver. Like, that's why that was destroyed. Um, he was like, that makes it too easy. So, that's it for the Sonic Screwdriver in the Classic Series. Um, because, as everyone knows, people would much rather watch uh, the Doctor being captured for... <laughs> and being a prisoner for, like... A really long time, as opposed to just escaping and moving the story forward. Yeah, God, God knows that sonic screwdriver really cuts out dramatic tension. Just yeah, man. That I mean, it's 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 all. Oh, if oh. there's nothing I like more, it's the doctor not being able to get through a door. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like that's the ending to like uh <laughs> to like I don't know. Pandora opens. They're trying to escape the museum, and it's like they have less than five minutes on the clock, and they get to a door. The doctor doesn't have a sonic screwdriver, and he's just like, "Does anyone have a lock pick? Does anyone can can someone help me with this?" A, f- a fish armadillo destroyed my sonic screwdriver. <laughs> he's kind of a jerk. Kind of a jerk. <sighs> it's not supposed to be an argument. It's a statement. <laughs> um. 
actual line of dialogue. Um, so Richard Mace starts to pick the lock because they're locked in this, uh, this basic like this room while the Terraleptal is basically going off to London to release the plague rats, uh, and you know commit genocide because <laughs> genocide that's a thing. Um, so. They're they're ready. They're they're trying to pick the lock, and the doctor literally just goes, "I got this," and he picks up a pistol and just shoots the lock, like just like a boss, like a boss, just shoots the lock, and it's like the best line delivery ever, because the because <laughs> the doctor just shoots the lock, and then he goes, and the chicken's like, "You missed," and the doctor's like, "I never miss," like he's James Bond. It's awesome. It's just, it's awesome. Um, and so <laughs> they managed to get out and they're stuck in the manor house. Meanwhile, Adric randomly decided to leave the TARDIS. I don't know why. He was just like, eh, I'm going for a walk. Despite the fact that there are dangerous criminals out there. He was sick, wanting of, sh- to- he was sick of striking out with Nyssa. <laughs> <laughs> walk it off, boy. Walk it off. Um, so, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so he basically walks outside, and while he's outside, the robot just shows up at the TARDIS because the Terraleptal was like, "Take over the TARDIS and fly it to London." So the robot basically shows up at the TARDIS. Nissa sees him. Uh, the, the the robot's hiding behind the TARDIS. Nissa sees Adric and basically walks out of the TARDIS and waves to him, which is like, "Oh my god, okay." For, it's one thing for Adric to just strike out. It's another thing for her to lead him on like this. I'll be real. I'll be real. <laughs> you don't need to greet him. It's okay. Um, but when she walks outside, it gives the robot license to basically just walk into the TARDIS. And, and this is like, ah! She freaks out and runs into the TARDIS ahead of the robot. Puts on ridiculous boombox headphones. <laughs> and jacks the, um, the, the sonic disruptor up to maximum and and just lets it do its work on the robot which basically just makes the robot explode. Oops, no more disco robot. So sad. I miss you disco robot. Um So Nissa's like that worked and Adric's like I'm impatient. Let's go rescue the doctor and this is like what? So Adric's like I'm gonna fly the TARDIS. So he flies <laughs> the TARDIS. <laughs> I'm gonna fly the TARDIS. <laughs> That's basically what he says. Yeah. Um and Oh god, he's so bad at flying the TARDIS. Like he's literally Andrew just like Gibson he gets so angry. He can't even look at it. <laughs> so funny. Like, okay, he's he's literally like he's literally like trying to go and it keeps trying to materialize where the doctor Tegan and uh, and Richard Mesar, and it's like it's trying to fade in and materialize, but it's just not happening. And, and, and the doctor just like looks down and covers his face because he just can't take it. <laughs> just like, what is he doing? <laughs> He's ruining it. <laughs> this is the last time I'm seeing my TARDIS, and it's all because of this dumb kid. <laughs> So then, then inside, she... so then inside the TARDIS, like, uh, Adric's like, I don't understand. It's not landing. And Nissa's like, well, what would the doctor do right now? And, 
and and Adric says something smart, Alecky, and this is like, yeah, I told you to be, I told told you to be empathetic, not be a smartass. <laughs> So, and she and then she just like, and you wonder why we didn't hook up. <laughs> and then Adric <laughs> smacks the console out of frustra- frustration, and that seems to do the trick. Yeah, and it lands the TARDIS, and everyone, myself included, is like, "How long till Earthshock?" Um, so- <laughs> <laughs> and then they walk into the t- the Doctor, run, like bum rushes the TARDIS because he needs to go check on his baby. And as he passes Adric, he just glares at him. <laughs> it is a dirty death glare. Oh. He's just like, and you know what's crossing his mind at that point? He's like, I know where the Cybermen are right now, and we're going to visit them soon. Yeah, we're two, out, we're, two, we're two stories away, buddy. Don't get comfortable. Uh, you're going to be visiting some dinosaurs in a little bit. Uh, so... So, the TARDIS lands, and the Doctor's like, all right, let me do some science. So he does some science and tracks down the Terraleptals to where they are supposed to be. Tracks them down, flies the TARDIS there, and everyone gets out, and it's like, I don't know, I love the set. Um, the location that they got for um, the nighttime London shoot is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to point It reminds out. me of... Uh... The uh, the last part of Trial of a Time Lord. Oh yeah, totally. It, it's like kind of the same sh- like street almost. <clears throat> yeah, it has that super old school feel. Mm-hmm, um, I kind of mm-hmm. love it. Um, it blew me away the first time I saw it. Anyway, so they land there. They find the Miller's horse because the Miller was the one the Terraleptal rode with to uh, to London. And they they basically walk in. They meet the Terraleptals and. <laughs> The lead Terraleptal has two friend Terraleptals, and he's just like, hey guys, uh, what's up? And the doctor's like, we're going to stop you. And the Terraleptal's like, I want androids! There's a big fight, and then the Terraleptals die, and then a big fire starts. And the doctor's like, Richard Mace, you coming with us? And Richard Mace is like, nah. And then the doctor's <laughs> like, alright. So he gets in the TARDIS. And Nessa goes, shouldn't we help with that? And the doctor's like, nah. <laughs> and then we find out it was the Great Fire of London. Um, and then we end. Um, I love how quickly this comes to a conclusion. Oh, yeah. No, it's like, just... It's ridiculous. <laughs> also, I love how the, uh, how the, the fish armadillos are just surrounding that thing that looks like that looks like a, like a lime being cut open and putting back together. <laughs> and they're just standing around it and then for like a really long time. And then finally, like the lead fish armadillo is like, all right, that's enough. <laughs> Let's go do this thing. <laughs> I like, and you're just like, oh, wow, what's going to happen? And then the doctor shows up. The thing go- catches on fire within 15 seconds. Also, Nissa and Adric are the worst at trying to put out a fire. The worst. <laughs> Literally, there's like, it's not like the fire starts out like it's like a handful of a fire. And they're stomping on it with bags, like tr- put, trying to put it out. It's not going out. 
Like burlap sacks. Burlap burlap sacks. sacks. This should be working, but they are the worst (laughs) at putting out fires. They're just like, eh, go away, fire. just proves the importance of fire safety. Yeah, so rope safety, fire safety. Bomb safety. Oh, bomb. Oh, God, bomb safety. (laughs) Whoa. Sorry, I just had a flashback to all the crazy bad things that almost happened there. Seriously, can you imagine doing that to a nuclear bomb? I mean, not to bring up old wounds, but can you imagine just pouring acid on a nuclear bomb, grabbing a piece of rebar, and just just scraping around in there? Whoo! That is... That is a disaster waiting to happen. Anyways, <laughs> so that's it. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, this, oh, it's so much fun. <laughs> it's, just, it's what you want. Like, it's just what you want. Um, oh, I love this story so much. So much. Oh. Yeah. And Davison is great in it. I know we didn't really talk about him, but he is on it. All the time, he's phenomenal in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. phenomenal. This is such mm-hmm. a good. I'm every time we watch a Davison story, I'm so excited to get to the next one. Oh yeah, what is our next yeah. Davison story? Our next Davison story is Black Orchid, which should be coming up in a couple months. Um, which makes me sad because it's a two-parter, isn't it? Yes, it's a very short Davison, and then we have to wait another ten stories. Mm-hmm. Well, we did a we did a small flip around. We were supposed to do Ice Warriors this week, but we did Visitation, so we have to wait like an extra week for Davison. Um, cause it's, it's eleven episodes, eleven stories before a two part story, and then ten stories before another four part story. Mm-hmm. But that four part story is Earth Shock. So, and that's well, that's, that's something. Oh, Earth Shock is so good. If you yeah. if you want to watch a Davison story and you don't believe us about the visitation, fine, go watch Earthshock. Yeah, go it's watch Earthshock. Cybermen. Oh, it's Cybermen and it's the death of a companion. Whoo, woo, and what a, <laughs> and, and what an ending. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I can't wait to talk about that. But I, that being said, that being said, I do have, I do have a lot of Davison that I can be watching. Oh sure. In the meantime, you have a, tr- a whole about. trilogy of stories, and I need to. We do need to do our rewatch of Caves since I have yeah. that special edition. Yeah. As soon as I get it, we should do it. Like, um, as soon as I get it. Um, <laughs> like, is... as soon as I open it. <laughs> basically, basically. Um, uh... That's oh, it's so much fun. Um, but yeah, no, I just looked at the. Um, I just looked at the order, and it's literally like. Earthshock, the story before Earthshock, Pyramids of Mars. Ugh. <laughs> that's two, that's two, uh, that's two streaming episodes in a row. Yeah, well, nice. you know, it's gotta happen sometime. Yeah. I think that's the one time it happens. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> Other than this time, because right. technically yeah. all of the 10th Doctor stuff is streaming. Exactly. Um, so Earthshock, Pyramids of Mars, and then like two before that is a, uh, Time travel per Dalek story, which is super fun. Um, hmm. So that'll be fun to talk about. So look forward to that in a couple months. On the other side of episode 100, which is fast approaching. So sounds good. All right. All right. Well, 
Uh, before we wrap up, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. Discount Comic Book Service is the site that lets you order all of your monthly comic books, statues, action figures, anything else you can get from your local comic book shop at a discount, as the name suggests. Uh, you place your orders uh, early, uh, usually around three months in advance, with uh, discount specials that can be up to 75% off and uh, regular discounts of 40% off. And you can ship as often as you like uh, with orders as large or small as you like. And you only pay $6.25 in flat rate shipping, which is great. So thanks to DCBService.com. Go there and order all of your comic book needs. Hooray. Yes. yes. Uh, next week brings Patrick Troughton and the Ice Warriors. Yes. The Ice Warriors... Uh, that that'll be that'll be interesting because I mean, I've I've experienced the Ice Warriors thanks to uh, uh, the Curse of Peladin, mm-hmm. but I haven't had a full on Ice Warriors story. And since rumor has it they will be the returning classic who, uh, classic who villain for the new series um, for series mm-hmm. seven, uh, it, it's it's going to be nice to watch an Ice Warrior story. Oh yeah, see and what they're all about. Well, they're the ones who I've been saying for years and years and years are ones who should come back because if you put them on a nice sort of like just redesign, like just redesign them and make them really cool again, like there's nothing cooler than Lizard Warriors from Mars. That's that is just awesome. Um, it just rolls off the tongue. So yeah, Ice Warriors next week, uh, and then on the other side of Ice Warriors, uh, the. David Tennant, Cyberman two-parter, Rise of Cyberman, Age of Steel, uh, a first Doctor anthology story. Sort of, it's sort of an anthology story. Madman Terry Nation Strikes Again, uh, The Keys of Marinus. Then we're back to the third Doctor with the Time Monster. Dear God, help us all. Oh, no. <laughs> I really hope it's better this time, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> then we're going to jump and do some more fourth doctor we're doing robot and then we're coming back and visiting the seventh doctor again and doing the seventh doctor visiting an evil circus uh it's a story called the greatest show in the galaxy so keep your eyes peeled from that as we race toward episode 100 i'm super psyched to get to another seventh doctor story because we haven't done one in a long time yeah the last time we did one was Dragonfire. oh no not Dragonfire. delta in the banner belt and yeah delta and the bannerman um, and I really love Delta and the Bannerman, so I'm excited to see this because uh, I hear it is very, very good as well. It's one of his best. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. So excited. Mm-hmm. So keep your eyes peeled. Uh, Ice Warriors. Good times. Interesting times. Yeah. Victoria, yeah. even. Get Victoria. I love Victoria. All right. Have we talked about Victoria yet? I don't think so. I don't think we have. I'm not familiar oh. with her at all. Badass, I love Victoria. Sweet Can't deal. explain it. Anyways. Uh, so that leaves us with, uh, Matt, you telling people where on the internet that you can be found. I can be found on the internet if you just search for me. There's certainly not enough Matt Smiths out there. Um, 
But no, if you want to do a better search, you can search for me at twitter.com slash gungadin. Also, my alternate Twitter account, twitter.com slash gdcommentary. I don't know what I've been live tweeting. You tell me. Um, <laughs> you can also find me at uh, Classical Gallifrey. Classical Gallifrey is my uh, blog where I talk about Classic Who. Uh, I did a blog on the visitation years ago. See what I thought then, I guess. Um, also, uh, this month... Uh, it's it's my anniversary. Uh, every March is um, an anniversary for the blog. Last year we did a bunch of crazy cool fun stuff. This year I have less crazy cool fun stuff because I'm saving a lot of it for later this year. Uh, but this year I'm doing uh, the first story up is a second Doctor Victoria story actually. Um, second Doctor Vi- second Doctor Victoria and Jamie, and it's the quintessential unit story despite the fact that it's not really unit um it's called the web of fear and it is wonderful it is such a mind-blowingly good episode like it is so good it's the introduction to the brigadier and it's got the yeti and it doesn't exist and it is one of my all-time needs to be found stories and i know it's never going to be found but it like episode one exists which is the worst tease ever um because you can see how episode one is and you're just like all the good stuff's later um yeah check out that uh web of fear also tons and tons and tons of good stuff coming up uh throughout the month so keep checking back in because all of those stories are great i think we'll see how it goes scott I'm twitter.com slash Scott Corelli, twitter.com slash Scott Commentary, and you can also find myself and Matt on uh, The Mind Robbers together. That's our other podcast. And if you haven't listened to it, you should be. For shame. (laughs) For shame. (laughs) Uh, We are, uh, that's, we have so much fun on that podcast. We really do. So uh, if you want to experience all of that fun, uh, you should be listening to that. We have we have in-depth discussions. We should have uh, probably just talked recently about uh, the Evil Dead series. We did that in a uh, recent episode. And uh, I don't know what else we got going on. We talk about yeah. all kinds of stuff. Well, here's what I'll tell you about The Walking about not The Walking Dead, The Evil Dead. I either loved it or I hated it or I didn't care. So... Tune in to find out what I thought. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> exactly. See, there you go. That's a tease. Those a are tease. all of the things that you could be feeling about a particular <laughs> thing. It's like that line in Reservoir Dogs where he's like, he's either alive or he's not, or he's captured, or he's not. <laughs> Oh man, such a good line. Anyways, uh, so that's all we got for for you guys this week. Uh, next week's Patrick Trout and the Ice Warriors. See you then. Bye, guys. Bye.